0: The Oklahoma City Thunder got their Summer League underway by taking on Cade Cunningham and the Detroit Pistons. How did that game go? What are their biggest takeaways from that game? Positives, negatives, and so much more all coming up on today's show. What does Summer League even mean? How should you be watching Summer League? What can you take away from Summer League? A lot of questions. A lot of answers, hopefully. Locked on Thunder coming up next. Let's get it going on the Locked On Thunder Podcast. On the Locked On Podcast Network, your teams every day. I am your host, editor in chief, over at thundersintentions.com. Rylan Styles, you can follow me on Twitter at Rylan underscore Styles. That's R Y L A N underscore S T I L E S. Follow the show on Twitter at L O Thunder Email the show, L O Thunder at gmail.com. Call into the show 405 362 7128. On today's show, brought to you by RockAuto.com, amazing selection, reliably low prices of the parts your car will ever need. RockAuto.com, tell them Lockdown sent you and the how did you hear about us box and they'll know what to do from there. How to go to RockAuto.com myself just the other day, yesterday actually. I had to go to RockAuto.com, I'll tell you more about that coming up as well. We're going to talk about the Thunder Summer League action. Their first game was Underway, it went underway. It happened against the Detroit Pistons as the Thunder take on the Pistons. We'll talk about the biggest takeaways from that game and how you should even watch Summer League in general. Now, I'm not going to sit here and be somebody who tells you how you should fan. Everybody should fan the way that they want to fan. I think that there's a happy medium, right? You do not want to overreact to Summer League. You don't want to put too much stock in it. But there are also some things to learn from it. And understanding that Summer League is not for everybody, I am going to treat this podcast as if it is for everybody because I have to assume that if you're listening to a Thunder Basketball podcast in August, you are mildly interested in the Summer League because it's either that or you love hearing my voice, and my voice is nothing to love hearing. So I'm going to assume you're here for the basketball. We're going to talk about the basketball that happened. So I know the qualifiers of it's just Summer League, It doesn't matter. It's an exhibition. They're playing G League guys. All of those qualifiers, we're going to say right now, get out of the way and never talk about it again, because at the end of the day, it's still basketball. You still watched it. I watched it. We're still going to break it down here on this podcast, and we're going to get into it right now. The biggest takeaway, of course, is Josh Giddey's left ankle sprain. He only plays five minutes, only three of which were very quality before he got hurt, he starts the, the game out with a beautiful, after a clock map function, by the way, a beautiful pick and roll with a wipeout screen by Jeremiah rumson earl The Pistons played that incredibly poorly, by the way, but you did see just the brute strength of Jeremiah rumson earl on that screen. Diddy goes around the screen, goes right to the rim, and just has a graceful dunk. It was not a rim rocker, but it was just some lightly dunk that was really awesome to watch. It looked good, right? He comes down next position, is the lead ball handler. The next possession is the lead ball handler again, and then he gets an ankle injury. Uh, Grant Gibbs confirmed that this was not something that he dealt with entering this game, so it was not a lingering thing from practices or anything like that. You can take that for what you will. I don't know how to take that. I'm not a doctor. So, for me, I would assume it's good. I would assume that that's good news, that this is not a reaggravation of an injury, but it is an injury nonetheless. We'll see if he plays today. We'll see if he plays the rest of the week, or if he plays at all in Vegas. Maybe they're going to shut him down forever. We don't know. So, we'll get that information probably tomorrow or early on Wednesday before their next game. Luckily, it's just an ankle sprain. These things happen all the time, and it will not be, hopefully, a lingering injury that hurts him come October. But it does still suck for Thunder fans who gathered around the television to watch Josh Giddy play for the first time, and he can only go out there for five minutes. He was frustrated about it as well. I think that he wanted to give it a go, but at some point, your organization has to protect the player from himself. A player is always going to want to play, no matter the competition level, no matter the situation. They're going to want to play basketball. It's literally their job and their human nature and like kind of what they've always known. And for Giddy, I get the frustration. I get wanting to be out there as a competitor that he is, but it didn't make a ton of sense to rush him. You might as well just shut him down for at least that night and see what happens moving forward. So it was frustrating for Thunder fans, for Giddy because you saw Jalen Green go off. You saw Evan Mobley play well. You saw even Anthony Shingoon play well for the Rockets. Uh, who they traded away to the Rockets, and you wanted to get your share of that. You wanted to get kind of your piece of that pie of, hey, look, we can overreact Summer League too, and then we couldn't do that because Giddy was only able to play five minutes. Hopefully, he's able to play moving forward. The big storyline from this preseason game, there's about three of them. We can start with Tail Maldon because it's kind of the most duh factor, right? You didn't really expect anything less than this from Tail Maldon. He didn't shoot the ball particularly well, but he was jacked. I mean, Tail Maldon was jacked in this game. He came back looking different, and his his body and his play style allowed him to play differently. I want to see him use his new body and his strength not only defensively, but also offensively finishing at the rim, an area he struggled in last year. In this game offensively, while he shot poorly 36% from the floor, 20% from deep, 1 for 5 from beyond the arc, he did pour in 15 points, had 11 assists, good enough for the first day high in the summer league total, And five rebounds. Very impressive stuff from Theo Maldon. And he's only going to progress from here in the G League. He was a very good player last year in the NBA. And then this opportunity for him now is not about really progressing as a player. It's more so progressing with confidence of like, wow, you just took over this league. You just dominated this league of this summer league. He did not get that opportunity because he was able to play so much for the NBA. Last year, there was no summer league. Last year, there was hardly any preseason games. He only played one of the three because of that visa issue. And then he never got to go over to the G League bubble. So he never got that taste of dominance in the NBA. He played very well last year. That should not be undersold. He played very well last year. But this is a space for Tail Maldon to just dominate. In a game in which he played up against Cade Cunningham, at the end of the night, whenever his team won, Taylor Maldon was the guy being interviewed by Chastity Huthbert, not Cade Cunningham, at the end of the game on ESPN. So, like that was kind of a good staple point for him. It's just kind of like, hey, you belong here. This is a moment for you to take over this game. And he did just that, coming away with a double-double and a thunder win, making them one and in the Las Vegas Summer League. They win 76 to 72. Pretty interesting game for, for both sides. Cade Cunningham plays well. I did not like the way that they kept putting Cunningham off the ball. I think that he was going to thrive much more in the NBA with the ball in his hands, but it's kind of just summer league. Who really cares? He does put up 12 points in his debut, two assists, uh, I should say two assists, two steals, two blocks, and also six rebounds for Cade Cunningham. Was not efficient at all, but still played pretty well. The Thunder go small, of course. Their tallest player on the roster is 6'9", and they lost the rebounding battle 49-39. to A interesting note about them going small. At the start of the game, they did not play the small ball the way that Mark typically does. If you remember going back to last year, Isaiah Roby, whenever he was matched up with bigger guys like Jokic, he was left alone on an island. Like he was just sat down there, try your best, Roby, put your arms up, put your hands up, try to play defense, and then Jokic just scores over him. Not because of anything bad that Roby did, but because that Roby was left there alone. Roby contests the shot, but whenever you're only 6'8 and you're going against Jokic, you can contest the shot all you want to and be in the right position. He's going to score over you. And the reason for that is look, Jokic is going to beat us, he's an MVP caliber player. But he's the reason why we're going to get beat, not anything else. We're going to lock down everything else except for Jokic. That's the way you have to play small. And, of course, this is not going to be the small ball lineup that the Thunder used throughout the rest of this year and throughout the rest of this plan as a team. But they started out, and it was corrected a bit towards the end of the game, they started out, though, collapsing on everybody who had run down there to the paint and to the rim area because they understood, hey, you know, is only 6'9", we got to help him out here. No, you've got to live with that. you got to live with the fact that you're center 6'9". And then whenever they did that, and they were able to close out on shooters better, protect the perimeter better, and they left JRE alone, he actually stood up fairly well down low. So I was impressed by that as well. It's very physical down low. We mentioned his amazing screen he set for uh, Josh Giddy at the first possession of the game. All in all, first experience with a full positionless team. Pretty fun. Again, whenever you substitute some of, some of these pieces out for Darius Baisley, for Shea, having Dort there as kind of the reverse, right, of defense. Usually on defense you think about guys who clean it up defensively as being like Rudy Gobert and like big men like that, but having kind of a reverse a reverse Uno card of like Lou Dortcher guy who's cleaning it up on defense, having him in there will help a ton as well. And then even Josh Giddy, while I'm not sure what his defensive prowess will be from day one in the NBA, he is 6'9". I mean, like he's going to at least help a ton uh, in terms of just adding some more size to this team and being more switchable. For this roster, it felt good to be able to celebrate a win again and not have to worry about tank standings and just worry about getting a win in this one. Uh, the Pistons do outscore the Thunder in the fast break points, 19 to 12, which is very fascinating. You're going to see the Thunder lose very many transition opportunities moving forward. But coming up, we're going to talk about JRE, talk about Aaron Wiggins, talk about all these fun players that the Thunder have and also talk about what we learned from this contest. But first, I want to tell you right now about our good friends over at rockauto.com. Rockauto.com is a family-owned business serving you auto parts online for 20 years. That's right, 20 years ago, you could have been going to rockauto.com and finding all the parts that your car would ever need. That simple, that easy. No point to go to a brick-and-mortar store to go fix your car. Just stay at home, type on your computer, get the part you want for the price you want it at, And do it yourself or even just bring it to a person to have them do it for you. But at least you bought the part yourself and saved money that way. Listen, nothing's worse than walking out to the garage, opening the garage door, getting in the car, trying to turn that key. And you hear what I heard on Monday. Click, 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 click. click. And nothing happens. Nothing happens. had to get a new battery. And you know who has my back on these batteries? RockAuto.com. RockAuto.com is a family-owned business. Serving you auto parts online for 20 years. Right now, you can go to rockauto.com and use their amazing website. Their website is so amazing because you can put your make, your model, your year into their database, and they're only going to show you car parts that are compatible with your vehicle. That way, you're not wasting time, effort, money, resources on parts you cannot use, parts you do not need. Try it out today by going to rockauto.com. Tell them Lockdown sent you how did you hear about this box? And they'll know what to do from there. RockAuto.com, amazing selection. Reliably low prices on the parts your car will ever need. RockAuto.com. We are back on the Lockdown Thunder Podcast, on the Lockdown Podcast Network, your teams every day. I am your host, Rylan Styles. You can follow me on Twitter at Ryland underscore Styles. It's at R-Y-L-A-N underscore S-T-I-L-A-S. Let's talk more about this first summer league game for the Oklahoma City Thunder. Jeremiah Robinson Earl. We talked about tailmouth, Maldon, talked about Josh Skiddy, but JRE really stood out. He went 6-for-12 from the floor, 1-for-4 from beyond the arc, made just a 1-3, but his shot form looks intriguing. It looks like he can build off of this and become an even better three-point shooter and be that very versatile player. Six rebounds down low, 14 points, two steals, one block, just one turnover, but did foul four times, uh, the second most on the team behind tail. That's going to happen. you got to live with that. And and Roby last year had spurts where he struggled with fouls because you're putting a new spot here, you're putting a new position at center, uh, and you're going to get hit with fouls. This is going to happen. It's commonplace here for JRE. He plays in 27 minutes. I liked what we saw. Very physical, very smart basketball player. He kind of lived up to the billing. If you go back and listen to last week's podcast with Richard Stamen at Mavs Draft, I had him just go, just unleash on his thoughts on Jeremiah robertson who's been his guy for a long time. In fact, robertson was Richard's 12th prospect on his big board. He was that high on the Villanova product, and he did everything right. He was an all-time glue guy, very much helped the offense flow, even whenever he was off ball, he didn't have the ball in his hands. He did everything you needed him to do I think that he's another guy whose best position is power forward, but he did show an ability to play center. He can defend some bigger guards, but mostly three through five. I like the versatility. Again, whenever you put this in a mark system with, you know, kind of the the players we've known and expect to be on this roster, it'll look a lot better as well. Really good screen setter. Nice ability to shoot the three ball. It might not happen for him this year, but eventually I do believe that he can become a respectable three-point shooter from beyond the arc. And then that really opens up the game for him as he's a very good post scorer. He has very good post-up moves and was very good at that in college. I think that that can really, really help his game a ton. I would still expect him to sign a somewhat comparable deal to that of a late first-round prospect and for good reasons. The Thunder clearly targeted this guy uh, and he's panned out. How much has he panned out? Of course, it's only one preseason game. How much is he kind of forecasted being? To me, none of that changes. It wouldn't change anyway over one Summer League game, but it was one Summer League game in which JRE just kind of did what he was supposed to do, right? So he's going to be an eighth man, a ninth man, but that's still something. you still got a a quality long-term piece for your puzzle in the second round, which is hard to do. JRE is not the guy that you need to take that quantum leap. It's going to be Josh Giddy, It's going to be Trey Mann. Those two guys have to take that huge leap. You invested a first-round pick in them, especially Josh Giddey. With, with JRE... You can be excited about him being an 8th man. It's okay. That's all he's going to be. Uh, that's that's great if that's all he's going to be. That's an amazing return on investment if you get that from the 32nd overall pick. And I think he can even be more than that. But again, how much more than that? Can he be a good starter on a bad team? Sure. I think that his best role, though, on his best possible team is going to be a team that allows him to be a matchup-dependent starter. Where sure, in certain matchups, he could be the best option to start. But in, in general, you're going to have him as your kind of 6th, 7th, 8th man on your roster. And then he's just going to tie that all together going to put a bow on everything and help you get where you want to go. After the game, he was asked about playing center and he says he wants to do it, especially for the team and kind of fit in anywhere that he can And that mindset is why he's so valuable because the thunder can now build around that of like, you don't have to say, Hey, he's our center of the future. He's our point powerful to the future. None of that. Don't need that hyperbole. Just he's our eighth guy who can fill in, in a multitude of ways because injuries are going to happen. Bad matchups are going to happen. And then some of these players who we think are going to be top-end bench pieces, you know, Tao Maladon, Ty Jerome, Isaiah Roby, Trey Mann, some some of that cluster is going to fail. Some of that cluster is not going to play up to that expectation. So it's very important to keep taking the bites of the apple at the top, but also uh, for your bench unit to kind of develop a well-rounded team. Not exciting, not flashy, but JRE will be kind of that fan favorite because he's so selfless and does kind of selfless and does everything kind of right on the basketball floor. And Wiggins, really good. Six for 11, 54% from the floor. Also 13 points to his total. Gets three steals as well. Assist and five rebounds. So I I liked Wiggins. I think that there's a good chance that the Thunder extend their streak of conversions this year, of converting two-way contracts to full-time NBA deals. I don't know if he can be a long-term NBA contract, maybe kind of a Deontay Burton situation where he gets converted and plays a year and then kind of just tampers off in the NBA. But still, he looks good, promising for the next couple of years as a little flyer project for the Thunder. And who knows, maybe he can hit even bigger than that. But again, Wiggins played well, and this is a good first step. Again, not flashy, not awesome, not something that you write home about. But for a player who's fighting for his NBA life on a two-way contract, this was a good first impression. Much rather have this impression than a bad one. Josh Hall gets in there for 16 minutes. Would have liked to see him play more minutes in this game, and Grant Gibbs is going to play him more. But he did have two really good good drives Even got to the line and went two for two at the stripe. Gets four rebounds, six points, only one turnover. That Euro step that he has is pretty fascinating to watch. I think that Josh Hall should be that player on the two-way deal next to Aaron Wiggins. But Jalen Horde is also in that running, and he goes for six points and 10 rebounds in this one, but on an inefficient 33% from the field and also a bad two for five from the free throw line. So that's another battle to keep watching as we progress here throughout the Las Vegas Summer League. We'll also get to Trey Mann in this podcast, but I do want to talk right now about Oscar Da Silva. I asked Andrew Schleck, who he thought was going to win the award of the Summer League uh, MVP, the Summer League player that everyone falls in love with for no reason. And he picked Oscar, and he is certainly trending on the right direction here because in 12 minutes, he puts up eight points and three rebounds. Also gets two steals in this game and a block. I already had people mentioning me, DMing me, asking about this guy and how legit he is. Folks, I warn you to guard your heart. This guy is going to be set up because if he's playing with good guards. I just don't see an NBA future for him. Could be wrong. I just don't see one. He benefited a lot from being spoon-fed and still went 4-for-8, 0-for-1 from beyond the arc. He'll be a fun training camp piece. Might even be a fun first game of the preseason kind of guy, but I don't really see much past that for his future. With the Oklahoma City Thunder, that is different than with Trey Mann. The 18th pick in this year's draft. We hope has a really bright future and long future in Oklahoma City. We'll talk about him coming up, but first I want to say right now, our good friends over at BetOnline.ag. BetOnline is the fastest and the easiest way to bet on all of your sport action, including baseball, who is having their season go fluidly right now. Right, you can watch baseball every single day. You can bet on that, but also you can bet on the NBA Summer League and even bet on prop bets for the NBA. So things like Josh Giddey winning the Rookie of the Year. According to Ag, he has the sixth best odds to do so. If you believe in Giddy and you really want to giddy up. Go ahead and go bet on Josh Giddy to win rookie of the year. Football's almost back. Go bet on the preseason football games. If you're crazy, go bet on win totals, over/under totals for each and every team and even player prop bets like how many yards will Patrick Mahomes throw this year. If you can bet on all that fun stuff including each game at BetOnline. Not AG. Bet on Summer league if you're that crazy. Do anything you want to do, but do it at BetOnline.ag because they have everything for you. Bet online, your online sportbook experts. Go to BetOnline.ag. Use code LockedOn. Code LockedOn will get you that 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. A 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, your online sportbook experts. We are back on the Locked on Thunder Podcast on the On Podcast Network. Your teams every day. I'm your host, Ryland Styles. You can follow me on Twitter at Rylan underscore Styles. That's at R-Y-L-A-N. Underscore S T I L E S. You can follow the show on Twitter at L-O Email the show, l-o pod at gmail.com. Call into the show for all 53627128. Let's talk about Trey Man. Trey Mann he goes out here, goes three for 14 from the floor, 0 for 3 from beyond the arc, three rebounds. Six points. A couple turnovers, three fouls, a block, and a steal. I read you that stat line, and if you do not watch the game, you're kind of underwhelmed. But you could see he was kind of nervous, kind of pressing a bit, first action in the NBA, in kind of an NBA setting. But he also saw really good shot creation. That step back that he created a lot of space for himself, and the shot didn't fall. Watching Trey Mann's tape, that shot's going to fall more often than not. It was more so about the process and the results for Trey Mann. He never did something that was silly, right? He never did something that was kind of just crazy and out there. You could see what he was trying to do on each and every play. You could see that it was kind of the right call to make on each and every play. He did everything with that same process and thought in mind. It just didn't work out in the results the way that you would like it to. But I'm a believer that the results are going to come with these talented players. Now, sure, the results will not come for, I'm sorry to pick on him, but Rob Edwards. Rob Edwards goes one for six from three has bad mechanics, scores four points. He is a bona fide G League player. But with Trey Mann as a level of, of his kind of echelon of player and skill set, if he's doing everything right, I firmly believe that things will start to click for him results-wise because it's already clicking for him preparation-wise. My preparation it's not only preparation off the floor, but preparation on the floor. He's putting himself and his other teammates in position to succeed just as he created space for himself in that one play. Creates space for himself, should have success there. You got the shot you wanted, shot didn't fall. Most likely, that shot falls next time. If it doesn't fall next time, it'll fall the next time. Trey Mann looked like he belonged. Now, I do want Trey Mann to get going. I, I hope that Wednesday is a huge game for him because this is a setting that can kind of not make or break his NBA season, but it can go a long way in his NBA season of if he shows right now that he can play at this level, if he shows right now his offensive game can translate. His, his bag of tricks can translate. And he had some fancy finishes at the rim in this game. Some very saucy moves in this game. If he can show right now that that can translate, it means he'll likely get a more apropos shot to start this season than being relegated to the G League to start the year. It will not define fully his, his progression plan, right? It's just one touch point, as Mark likes to call it. But it's the first touch point. You get this one, you get training camp, and you get about... Three or four or five preseason games. So I'll to look that up. How many games they're actually playing? I know they're gonna play in the BOK center again and they're gonna do all that fun stuff, but nonetheless, it doesn't matter. That's all you got before the season starts to kind of prove hey, I should be in an NBA rotation my rookie year from day one. I think he should be no matter what, but the Thunder are gonna to put together a developmental plan for him and we'll see if it includes rotational minutes from the ward jump. But Trey Man again looked better than his stat line showed. And if you watch the game, I think you're going to agree with me on that. I'm fascinated by how he can progress from this point forward for next game and the game after that in this Vegas Summer League stretch. The Thunder did have a few TPEs expire on Monday. No big deal. Mostly TPEs do expire, trade player exceptions. If you didn't know, I don't really care. I find it hard to care about. The Thunder still have cap space to trade for any player on any contract in the entire NBA they wanted to trade for, it matters not. They had cap space this entire summer to sign any player they wanted to sign. They chose not to utilize it for good reason. They still have cap space moving forward for any player they want to trade for. They're likely not going to trade for anybody on a big contract right now, and that's for good reason as well. It changes nothing that these TPs expire. I saw a lot of people kind of freaking out about it. It changes absolutely nothing. It means nothing, and this is kind of what's par for the course in the NBA. Let me know what your biggest takeaways were from this game on Twitter at Rylan underscore styles. is that R-Y-L-A-N underscore S-T-I-L-E-S. Who were you most impressed with in this game? Let me know on Twitter at Rylan underscore styles. is that R-Y-L-A-N. underscore S-T-I-L-E-S. The MVP of this game will be Jeremiah Robinson Earl for that massive block and just negating a poster with that block has just strength and abilities on display in this game. Very fun to watch him play against Detroit. It'll be fun to keep following him throughout the rest of the summer league and also his rookie year. Great block, great play offensively. Good job with the screens and the technicalities of defense for JRE. Let me know your MVP on Twitter as well. Make sure you go tell all your favorite Thunder fans to listen to the Locked On Thunder podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network, your teams every day. Tomorrow, we'll talk about what to watch for in game two for the Thunder Summer League. We'll also dive into what this roster is shaping up to look like for now and for the future. Who is a lock to be here the next time the Thunder are competing again? Let me know who you think it is on Twitter at Rylan underscore Styles. Until then, be good and be good to one another.